Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. I hope you're nice and warm where you are. It's really cold here this week and it's snowy, which is the first time in about three years since we've seen snow. And so uh, while it's lovely to look at, it does make it extra, extra frosty. Um, So wrap up and grab a warm drink today. This week, I'm going to read you some from mine, and um, I'm going to read a couple of new ones and a couple of old ones, and we're going to start with a new one called The Ticket. Oh, fuck, damn, shit! I shout as I stub my toe on the raised nail for the fourth time that day. I'm late for a meeting and likely now late for the whole day. Days that have me at more than one location are always the most challenging. I find it difficult to figure out what to wear and what to bring with me. I envy those women who seem to find it easy to bring one or two accessories that make their outfits go from day to night with ease and always know how to artfully change their makeup to look smashing after being on their feet for 12 hours already. I have on a wrap mini dress made of deep plum silk. It clings to my bare thighs and the push-up bra gives me enviable cleavage. I can't find the matching pants, so I'm commando today. I complete the outfit with deep purple leather Dr. Martens. They're butter smooth to the touch. I spray on Enslaved by Rosa Dove, one of my favorite perfumes, rich with carnation, oak moss, vanilla, and ambergris. I coat my lips in a deep berry gloss. I rush out the door, jump into the car, and set out for my first meeting. It's a 15-mile drive. And if the freeway is traffic-free, I will only be five to ten minutes late. Two miles into the journey, and there's a traffic jam. I work at my breathing, trying hard not to lose my cool. I hate being late. It always makes me feel off balance. The traffic unsnarls, and I step on the accelerator to try to make up the time. I love my car. It's so responsive it can be hard to keep track of the speed. I'm focusing on making up the time, thinking about what I'll need to do after the meeting, and I don't realize my speed has crept up to 80 miles per hour until I hear the sirens behind me. Fuck! Shit! Shit! I scream to myself as I pull over to the shoulder. I don't have time for the traffic stop, and this ticket is going to be expensive. I'm digging in my bag for my license and registration as the officer comes to the window. The tan hat and mirrored sunglasses make it difficult for me to see his face. I roll down the window. Do you realize how fast you were going, ma'am? He asks me. 
I'm sorry, sir, I'm late, and I guess the speed got away from me, I reply. After a moment, I realize that he's staring at my tits and my thighs. I spread my thighs just a little wider. License and registration, ma'am, he says, but his voice is thick with lust. I hand over the paperwork and his hand lingers on mine. He returns to his vehicle to check the documents and my insurance. I watch in the mirror as he walks away. He has a gorgeous, high, round, tight ass. I can feel my juices start to drip on my thighs. My nipples tighten. He comes back to my window. Ma'am, I need you to follow me, he says. This makes me nervous. Do you want this ticket, or... he says. Yes, sir, I will follow you. He leads off the next exit and to a small motel. He parks round the back at room 103. I park next to him. He opens the door to my car and escorts me into a small, immaculately clean room. He takes off his hat and reveals a beautiful, smooth, bald head, deep umber eyes, a luscious mustache over full lips, and a blindingly bright smile. He pulls me towards him and leans in for a kiss. I melt as he begins to slowly explore my lips. He slides his tongue around them and then between them and tastes my tongue. I moan as he explores further, licking at the roof of my mouth, between my lips and teeth, sucking on my tongue gently, chewing my lower lip until my knees buckle and he's holding me up. The meeting forgotten, I sink to my knees in front of him. He undoes his belt and the sound is enough to cause me to moan. The shht as his zipper lowers and I begin to drool. He lowers his trousers and his black cotton briefs. His cock springs out almost fully hard. He sits down on the bed as I move between his knees. I lower my head to his beautiful, thick, long, cut cock and begin to explore. I start at his balls, licking and lifting them with my tongue, sucking as much of them into my mouth as I can. He groans as I explore and begins to stroke his cock slowly. I move up his delicious tool until I reach the frenulum, licking, tasting, inhaling his musk. Finally, I reach the head. He's cut so nothing's hidden. His head is swollen and pulsing as I slowly suck him into my mouth. The feel of him in my mouth is divine. I start to suck his cock as though my life depends upon it. I worship his dick as he slides further into my mouth and into my throat. He's content to let me have control as I do this, allowing me to control the pace and depth for a while. As I suck, lick, I slide my finger behind his balls to massage his perineum. He moans as I put pressure there. I slide my finger back and run it along his asshole without penetrating. He buries his hands in my curls and takes back control. Now he controls the depth and the pacing as he plunges into my throat. He moves faster and faster. One hand reaches down to squeeze my nipples until I yelp around his dick as he pounds into my throat. Suddenly he stops. I want your tongue in my ass. He rasps out as he pulls his cock out of my throat. He slides up on the bed, lies on his stomach, and spreads his thighs. I slide between them, grabbing his gorgeous ass cheeks and spreading them. I plunge my tongue deep into his asshole and he groans. 
As I lick and suck his asshole, my hand moves between my thighs, my fingers rubbing my clitoris frantically as I push my tongue as deeply into his asshole as I can. I am seconds from an intense orgasm when he tells me to stop. I want to fuck your face, he says, and puts me on my back on the bed and straddles my face. He slides his dick back into my mouth and begins to fuck my face fast and hard. My hand is back between my legs, rubbing my clitoris. My clitoris hard and slippery between my fingers as he strokes himself into my throat. I can feel him pulsing. He picks up the pace and I know he's so close to coming in my mouth. He winds a hand in my hair and holds my head onto his dick as his orgasm begins. His deep bass moans fill the room as he fills my throat with ambrosia. It's enough to push me over the edge. I come bucking underneath him. He slowly pulls out of my throat and squeezes the last few drops of cum onto my lips and tongue. Then he climbs off me and goes to the bathroom to wash the sweat off before redressing. I wonder if I've done enough to avoid the $300 ticket. He comes back in the room to dress, and I dash to the bathroom to try to clean up so I look presentable for the rest of my day. I walk naked back into the room. He stares at me as I cross to grab my bra and dress. You have just paid your fine, ma'am. Please watch your speed, he says with a grin on his face. Thank you, officer, I reply as I put on my dress and fluff my hair. He hugs me and slides his hand between my thighs, slipping a finger into my still-sopping kitty. I would love to spend some time getting to know you better, he says, as he starts stroking my clit until I'm purring again. I'm going to give you my card. I hope you call, he says. He kisses me before I can reply and doesn't stop until I am breathless. When he lets me go, I say, yes, sir, officer. I would like that. We leave the room and he locks up. I wonder how many women he brings here each day. He gets back into his patrol car, and I get back into my car. I've completely missed the first meeting, and I am already late for the second one. His last words to me are, Drive carefully, man, said with a chuckle. I laugh, and I drive off, being careful of my speed. On the train. The party's fairly boring. Lots of insipid guys talking politics with an air of superiority and trying hard to pull. I drink more than I intend, so I am tipsy by the time Dana and I head to the train home. 
arms entwined, we wander to the back of the train where it is empty, but for a lone, hot man. He's olive-skinned with deep hazel eyes, full lips, a somewhat beak-like nose, and thick, dark, wavy hair. He has a cleft chin and a dimple. Oh, yum, I would love some of that, I whisper to Dana, and she giggles. He looks over at us, his face turning a deep shade of red. I guess he heard me, I laugh. Intoxicated, whispering is beyond me. Dana's hand slides down to my ass and between my cheeks. She teases me as she watches the man. She leads me over to the seat across from him and we sit down. We both went commando tonight and we're both wearing short dresses. As we sit, we spread our legs wide so he has a perfect view of our bare, glistening pussies. Dana tweaks my nipples until they're granite, poking through my bra and my dress. I lean over and nibble at her ear before pulling her into a kiss. I slowly suck her top lip between mine, nibbling and sucking until she moans. I look over at him and I can see his dick hard, outlined in his pants. He's rubbing his hand over it. I am hungry. He reaches to touch us and Dana says, not yet. Show us how you stroke your dick. We want to see it. As she talks, she slides two fingers into my soaked cunt and uses her thumb to rub my clit. It slides under her thumb a lubricated pearl and an oyster. I bite my lip to remain quiet. We don't want the guards to come back here and see what we're doing. He slides his thick cock out of his pants and begins to stroke. He lowers his pants enough to get his balls out. Two. Big and hairy. I start to drool as I watch him start to stroke. He slides his hand up to the head of his dick and squeezes. As he strokes, Dana continues to manipulate my pearl until I cannot hold it anymore. I come the first time as I watch the pre-cum begin to bead on the head of his dick. He strokes more quickly, and just before he's about to come, Dana grabs his hand to stop him. No, don't come yet. I want to sit on your cock. She lifts her dress and slides down on him, her back facing him. I kiss her deeply as she begins to ride his cock. She tastes like the sweet champagne we had been drinking. I suck on her tongue in time to her thrusts onto his cock. The sound of her soaked cunt sliding up and down on his cock makes me crazy. I suck on her tongue, exploding for a second time as I do. I lean down to suck Dana's nipples, bringing a hand to her clitoris as she rides the man whose name we still do not know. Her skin is flushed all over a deep pink hue. Her nipples are like pink sapphires. Her sweat is slightly salty. Dana's small breast fills my mouth. I hum as I suck on her, the vibration causing her to giggle and then moan. My teeth scrape over her nipple, causing a gasp. The man's fingers dig into Na Dana's hips as she rides him. He leans in and nipples on her ears, then reaches around her, putting one hand in my hair and pulling me closer. I sit on the same bench, sliding my open legs around them both. I press into Dana, rubbing my overflowing cunt on her thigh as I do, working hard to make a good contact and keep up the pressure because I want to come again. I increase the pressure on Dana's clitoris as she rides harder and faster until she explodes, soaking my fingers. Dana slides off the man and pushes me turn towards him. Your turn to ride, she says. No. I say, I want to clean him off and suck him until he feeds me. I lower my head to start licking his cock clean, my ass in the air, as I lap Dana's juices and his pre-cum off his dick, the movement 
of the train feels so good. Dana slides a finger into my pussy and another into my ass and begins to fuck me hard and fast. I suck the man's cock into my mouth and then throat, taking as much of him as I can into my throat. He's so thick. He strains my mouth. The fullness feels so good. His hands are in my hair, gripping, pulling. He uses my hair to push more deeply into my throat until he's controlling my breathing with his thrusts. Dana fucks me in rhythm with her other hand. She fucks herself. I can feel the man getting closer. I move from sucking his cock to trying to suck in both his balls. I love the raspy feel of his wiry pubic hair on my tongue. I use my lips to pull on his ball sack and run my tongue between his balls. His hands are still buried in my hair. He and Dana are kissing and he is moaning into her mouth. Dana is still fucking my cunt and my ass. The rocking of the train now is increasing our rhythm. He pulls my head up to his cock and shoves himself into my throat an instant before he comes. His semen is thick and salty sweet as and as the taste of it hits my tongue, I squirt, soaking Dana's hand, dress, and the seat. While you're down there, my pussy needs licking, Dana says, her tone brooking no challenge. I move to lick her, long strokes, gathering up her sticky sweet juice. I lick the length of her pussy a few times before she grabs my head to direct me to her clitoris. Her clit is so different from mine. Mine is small and hooded, and hers is big, over an inch and a half long and thick. I suck her into my mouth, licking around the head of her clit as though it were a dick. I work her clit as she moans. She holds my head to her pussy, pressing into my mouth, barely letting me up for breath. She rides my tongue, my face, as she moves towards another orgasm. The train rhythm helps her as she gets closer and closer until she explodes. I swallow her delicious juice. The three of us take some time to catch our breath. Dana and I arrange our clothing and get ready to exit the train at the next stop. The man is still sitting with his cock out. We hear the guard coming and throw a coat over his laugh. We dissolve into laughter after the guard passes. We both kiss the man goodbye. He asks for our details and we just shake our heads and kiss him again. We bounce off the train at the next stop. The scent of the man and Dana mingle on my face. I can smell them both, and it makes me want to fuck Dana right there in the street. We barely get in the door to my house before I push her against the wall, my knee between her legs, pressing on her clitoris until she moans. Dana pushes me back, and we end up wrestling on the floor. Dana wins and slides down my body, kissing and licking and nipping at me as she goes. She sucks at my labia and dives between to grab my clit hard between her teeth. I shiver and hope to avoid her biting. She begins to suck and lick in earnest until I am screaming in pleasure. She starts rubbing on my G-spot as she continues to suck and lick until I bathe her face in my fluids. We lie on the floor panting. When her breathing returns to normal, Dana pads off to the loo to clean up. I don't move from the floor until she returns. She's already dressed. I have to get home. Early start in the morning. She leans down and kisses me. Drive safe, I say. I drag myself up and see her out, and then end up head off to the bathroom to clean off before slipping between my own sheets. <laughs> Thank you.
This one is called Invocation. I enter the dream back in the desert, in the tents that blend into the landscape. They are woven in desert colors, the weave dragging the eye to where it wants the eye to be, almost hallucinatory. I find myself on a cushion on my knees, and when he enters, I bow my head to the floor. I cannot hold his image. This doesn't surprise me. It is often the case when I am speaking to one of the gods. The visage changes, fluctuates. The voices stay constant most of the time. He starts by saying, And what would make you think I was happy to be part of a composite? Even in the days you studied magic, your worship moved from the composite quickly, as we told you we were not happy that way. I do not respond, and I do not lift my head. I'm trembling at the sound of his displeasure. Girl, you know better, he continued. You will speak with each of us, at least those of us who lay claim to you. Yes, I whisper, and still hold my position. Look on me, girl, he intones. I kneel up, almost blinded by his light. I work to keep his gaze. I am Ra. He is Horus, in case you have forgotten. The deep chuckle almost knocks me off my knees. I have not forgotten, I whisper. Good. Then let's begin your instruction where we left off. And then I wake up, my body covered in a sheen of sweat, juices slick between my thighs, ever so close to orgasm. It is 3.45 a.m. I turn my attention to going back to sleep. As I drop off, I can feel hands on my body, moving me, and when I enter the dream, I am tied to a type of spanking bench. The padded leather-clad legs press against my thighs. Sweat gathers. The seat against my belly lifts my ass high yet holds my weight, so I am not straining. The first strike moves through me like liquid fire. I go to scream, and I find I cannot. I have a bit gag in my mouth. The second strike lands on the bottom. Sphera. Shkina or Malkuth. I realize that he will run the paths on my back from the root up. My back is a fire engine red with welts, oozing blood. Open, I hear. Stop fighting me. I take in a deep breath, concentrate on ceasing my struggle, and hear his sigh, as all of me, all my paths, channels are laid bare before him. The first pull pushes me to the edge of orgasm. I hear myself raw, voice, begging, though the gag distorts the words and makes them into plaintive mules. Open further, I hear, as he presses against my pussy and my asshole. It takes all of my will to hold my body, my mind, my spirit, everything open. The penetration is quick. I am full, stretched, all parts of my being on all planes. I scream in pain, and the pleasure follows quickly behind intense enough to take my breath and almost knock me unconscious. I have no words to describe the sensations. Penetration into astral body at the same time as into flesh, at the same time on all levels, so all-consuming that thought is impossible. As the sensations subside, he says, Thus endeth the lesson. And now that you remember where you came from, return to your studies diligently. I wake with his voice in my ear. Remember. Hence, I write this down.
And the last piece I'm going to do is a really short transition piece. The top of my back piece was showing in the sleeveless dress, and the man commented on the tree of life and asked if I was a Kabbalist. I explained that the Kabbalah was one of several paths I interact with. He noticed Erzuli's tattoo on my arm and could even pinpoint that it was Erzuli Freya. He saw Ogun's cauldron. I showed him Papa Legba's piece on my thigh and Thor's hammer. I could hear him silently ask, What are you? And my response also silent. Property. I am property. I always have been. The gods make use of my body, my talents, my labor as they see fit. The relationships that work for me all involve a full power exchange, where we all understand that I am property, that my job is to surrender, that and that is all. Daily work on staying present is necessary to fulfill my role. Being property means understanding that my wants and needs are secondary to the great work. I cannot be a pure vessel, and I cannot do their will if I am not present and embodied. Please, don't misunderstand me. This is not an ascetic role. My owners need my energy and kindle it in the most natural way possible, by tapping into my sexual needs and desires. My embodied owners now have a roadmap to follow, and all they need do is trace the paths etched into my body. They open the channels and the energy flows. I become the vessel, the container, the repository of the kindled fire, and then the torch wielded by those who light the way. The sight of others overtakes my vision, my will, their will, and I am the voice of their will, their words in the world. I can be a precision instrument or a targeted weapon. Self-care is essential. I walk away from relationships that don't feed and nurture me. They demand much of me, and I cannot be depleted when they call on me to do my work. When not fully used, I am bereft. That's it for this week. Have a great week. Uh, it, at the moment, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I've got a crowdfunding campaign going on because we are building a membership site with a virtual safe space. So it will have forums where people can discuss all manner of sex, sexuality, and relationships and gender uh, in peace and in private without um, Big Brother social media looking in on them and removing posts and, in fact, removing groups, and also places where there will be self-guided education and live education and events. If you are interested, please, 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 this is so important, please donate and share. You can find it on a to z of sexco forward slash crowdfund. I'll see you all next week. Stay safe and have a great time. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlorybethbisbee.com and drlorybethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.
Oh, oh.